Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to Blackheart Gold Podcast, your one-stop shop. Whoa, whoa, for... whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, it's oh Jesus, it's the pants party. <laughs> See, it's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> We're not, I'm not restarting or anything. Even when, I was, gonna... even when I was saying that, it, it felt wrong off the tongue. Um, this is the pants party, and it, I don't know why I didn't know that, because I am currently not wearing pants, and I assume no one else is listening or participating is. Uh, on my right, I have my co-managing editor, Max Brecky. How are we doing today, Max? I'm um, doing just fine. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And on his right, we have Harrison Starr, our Ken Palm master, our star from Cedar Rapids currently in kentucky harrison star how are we doing kentucky he's in arkansas, arkansas. wow I don't... <laughs> i'm doing great ben you know <laughs> it's kentucky. it's all the same if we're being honest i mean uh, yeah. the basketball team's a lot worse though i was actually trying to keep you on your toes because i was afraid <laughs> you were you forgot how south of the mason dixon line you were um and here we have i don't know if you guys have noticed but this is our first podcast for the football season as you can tell I am back after a brief sabbatical, and I have forgotten the name of the website and the podcast we write for. So, here we are, talking about the Hawks. It's been a while, and for me, I, um, I haven't been this excited for a football season in quite some time. But we're going to hold off on our Hawk talk for a little bit because I want to catch up with my dear friends and uh, colleagues. Max, Harrison, what is your favorite thing you guys did this summer? Well... I know that my fiance, if she's not my fiance, listens to this podcast sometimes. So I would, uh, I would be remiss to say that, or not to say that, um, I got engaged this summer, and so that's the thing that I did. Um, please do not congratulate me. It's um, been planning a wedding is not fun, and yeah, it's only been like two months, and I've got another um, twenty-two of them. That is, that is so, wedding. so exciting. Congratulations are in order uh, for Max. <laughs> um, Harrison, what about you, my man? Well, we had three family weddings, so our, our my fiancé and me are in the now planning stages officially. We are the next one in January. But uh, other than that, went to Hawaii. That was a blast. Uh, so uh, enjoyed that. Um that that would be the most exciting thing I did outside of wedding planning and other weddings. What's How about a, you, Ben? What's ben, the best thing you ate in Hawaii? Do? Okay, well, um, it is I, Ben, who went on his first ever second date last week. Um, <laughs> so we, and that's actually true. So uh, we're going to uh, keep love off this, Harrison. I'm curious, what was the best thing you ate in Hawaii? This is going to sound ridiculous. It's pizza, but. Uh, <laughs> Not pizza, almost worse. Uh, Christina and I, we drove across the island. We were on the big island. Christina, we your fiancé, yes. 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 yes, of course. Uh, and we went to Hilo, and the best thing we ate there was just these 
silly hot dogs from like a little <laughs> stand, and they were delicious. Um, what well, what was so special about these hot dogs? The one I, I got was like Japanese influenced, so it had like I can't remember specifically, but it had like uh, a slaw. It wasn't a kimchi slaw because that would be uh, Korean, um, but it also of had course. like some sesame seeds and things like that. It was it was pretty tasty. Uh, that that would be I guess probably the the food highlight for me because it was fun. We were there with my family, so it was a nice little. Uh, time to ourselves as well so that that offered uh, a little bit of uh, seclusion from them do you have any spam i didn't have any spam i isn't a hot dog just a version of spam though uh, i mean spam is spiced ham um uh, is spam I, a sandwich Ooh. you can make it a sandwich oh, oh, boy. Hot dog a sandwich. oh boy we are four minutes and 30 seconds in and uh, we have reached the question that has torn apart the black hard cold pants slack. Um, now is as good a time as I need to mention that in a few short days, the Iowa Hawkeyes are taking the field at Kinnick Stadium around 2.30 p.m. God's time to take on Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is a team that Iowa hasn't had. Uh, we, we've had a, we've played them quite a bit. Uh, Kirk Ferentz's first ever win as a Hawkeye coach was against NIU. I was in the stands. I was actually in the press box of Soldier Field when Damon Bullock had a walk-off touchdown run against uh, the Huskies back in, I'm going to say, 2014? 2012, it was that awful, terrible season. No, Oh, oh you're yeah, right. You know why I remember that? Or you remember? You, I don't remember anything anymore. But uh, <laughs> Iowa was the only Big Ten team to beat a BCS Bowl team that year. Because yeah. that was the Jordan Lynch team, I believe. And they yeah, played somebody in the Orange Bowl, maybe. Um, don't look it up. It's it's somewhere, but I'm right. No, you're, you're right. Ah, ha-ha. Uh, no, so it there. was Jordan Lynch. And I only know that because the only reason he made it into college and was able to play on any football team was because he cheated off of one of my fraternity brothers in uh, chemistry. Ooh, well, uh, yeah. I think Jordan Lynch and I have that in common then. Fun um, Jordan Lynch fact for you. Yeah. The more you know. Uh, I think I'm going to speak for all of us when I say we are incredibly excited for this season, but what I think separates fans and each fan and us um, us fan writers, if you will, is what the things we're most excited for. Uh, I think we're all excited for different things. So I think I want to ask you guys a little bit about, start with you, Max. What is the one thing you're looking most forward to for uh, this season, 2018, year of our Lord, Brian Ferentz? Well, on a more uh, on a on a, on a more uh, personal note, I'm gonna be going to uh, my first ever game in Minneapolis for um, to see the Hawkeyes. Uh, I'm I'm sure it'll be a very mediocre experience because it is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but it's something new that I've never done before: is uh, go out north of the wall to see any football game. As a matter of fact. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one on a personal note. On a more macro note, this Iowa team should be pretty good this year. I mean, there are a lot of question marks, but the schedule, I think, is forgiving enough that, you know, they should be another 8-10 to 10 win team. And I think 8 would be the absolute floor for this team, whereas in the past you might say, well, maybe you could see only 7 wins here or whatever. I think that this is at least an 8-win team, and it has the potential to be more. And that's exciting for me. 
yeah, it's interesting you bring up. I'm gonna get to the whole Minnesota thing uh, moment in a moment. Uh, it's interesting you bring up like the eight and four year prognostication because uh, somebody put in our Slack group today of um, I think Hawkeye Nation polled all Iowa writers and blogs of notes um, omitting ours for one reason or another, not that that matters. Uh, but the average wins that they totaled between 15 or 20 so writers was, was 8.6 was the average. And I was really surprised how really low that number. I mean, it's almost 9, but I was expecting really that number to be in the 9, 9.3, 9.5 area, mostly because uh, a lot of the writers polled happen to be, in my opinion, more optimistic than others. Uh, I was really surprised by that. I've been saying since last year that this uh, I'm expecting great things, more than eight wins out of this team, but I'm surprised, I was surprised to see that the media locally um, has, has such a low number for our Iowa's win total. Um, moving on to whole your Minnesota thing, uh, I'm very excited for you to enjoy your game, first ever game at TCF Bank Stadium. You'll get a dilly bar. Um, I was going to tell, point you to my favorite bar on campus right across the street from TCF Bank. It's called Stub and Herbs. But after I've been a there. quick Google, it's closed now. They sold it to the University of Minnesota, wow. which is a huge bummer. Uh, to my knowledge, it was the longest standing bar on the University of Minnesota campus. But here we are. Um, that's why the Minnesota hockey team plays at 3M Stadium and not Mariucci Arena any longer. Uh, Harrison, what about what are you looking most forward to for this Iowa football season? I think the thing I am most excited for, outside of Nate Stanley, because I, I just think the world of him, I, I'm excited to see Phil Parker mold this ball of clay that he has. Ooh. Not just with the really raw defensive backs. I think we see Julius Brent make an impact almost immediately. And Matt Hankins, Ojemudia, I to, to say nothing of the two safeties. But I just, I'm excited to see what happens there. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of bend but don't break. Um, but I think we might see some different elements to that. Um, maybe a little more blitzing uh, just to keep teams on their toes. I think that'll be uh, something to keep an eye on um, just to see how the defense morphs. Because I think it's going to be a different offense, which in turn means it's going to have to be a little bit of a different defense. Yeah, you took my answer. If you're going to ask me the thing I was most excited for this season, I was going to say Nate Stanley. Absolutely. I I don't think there, – there, has, there absolutely hasn't been a quarterback as electric, in my opinion, as talented since I've been a fan. Um, you know, my, my fandom is very limited compared to just about everybody else who is a Hawkeye fan. But I think Nate Stan my, – you know, my fandom starts around Ricky Stanzi area era – and uh, I am just nothing against C.J. Beathard or, or anyone else who has been under center for Iowa in that time. I just think Nate Stanley is uh, just electric. I am really excited for him. Uh, in general, you know, I'm really excited to see how Iowa plays against Wisconsin in that game. Um, but if I had to say, you know, thing I, the player, even besides, even over Nate Stanley, if you wouldn't have said him, I don't, and he's not getting any love really. As uh, uh, Anthony Nelson, man, <laughs> I am so excited for him. He is just—he's only a junior, and he has already the size of you know uh, an NFL caliber caliber defensive end. And he was a pre—the he was probably the most under talked about preseason All Big Ten first team pick ever. Uh, nobody, I mean, uh, nobody's ever talking about him anywhere, even on 
Iowa blogs, and he's getting overshadowed by, you know, uh, Parker Hesse, who's a senior who's been a contributor or a starter for the last three or four years, and then AJ Epinesa, obviously, behind Hesse, who uh, is the best recruit ever for Iowa, pretty much. And uh, I, I'm just excited to see Anthony Nelson go and record, notch 10 or 11 sacks and be all Big Ten and um, just, you know, strike fear into the hearts of opposing offensive tackles and quarterbacks and make life a whole lot easier for Iowa's green linebackers because they're going to need all the help they can get uh, from the start. But these are some cool things. You know, Max is going to a road game in Minnesota. Uh, Harrison loves uh, Phil Parker, just just like I do, and uh, Nate Stanley and Anthony Nelson. I think um, there's a lot to look forward to for the season, more so than anything. We could spend hours on this, but I just wanted to get one quick nugget from you guys. Um, is there anything else you guys are really looking forward to? I think football. Yeah, football just in general. Like like you said, this is the most excited I've been. Like you said about yourself, this is also the most excited I've been in a long time. Wrote that piece about kind of 2010, but you know, uh, part of being an Iowa fan is that excitement, but also <laughs> that pessimism because I, I think they're the the razor's edge that they constantly walk on I, I think is a little concerning which makes it uh, more fun when it falls the right way and uh, a, a little more excruciating when it falls the wrong way yeah did did you just say you're excited to be pessimistic I'm excited for the roller coaster Ben I'm excited hey. for the roller coaster I'm here for the ride I am looking forward to being disappointed is what you is how I interpret what you just said <laughs> and you are uh, sad to We're hear that, ha, ha, it's really sad to hear that uh, you're already taken you're engaged because I think uh, you and I uh, think of, we have a lot of the same thoughts in terms of our pessimism um, <laughs> what that, that's funny Ben <laughs> yeah 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 what is something you guys are not excited for? Kind of, I guess we just briefly spoke about that, but. Can I also mention the roller coaster? Because while I am looking forward to it a bit, like, you know, I'm looking forward to wherever the season takes me, but good God, am I afraid of wherever the season's going to take me? Because it could end because I just said that the floor of this team should be an eight win team, but if it is anything less than eight wins, oh boy. There will be there will be takes. There yeah, will I be think uh, plenty. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is an eight win team at, at minimum, but I do see they play such on the margins that you never know, and, and that's why the thing that has me least excited is the punting game. I honestly have no clue. Uh, I thought it was Ryan Gersandi. No, nobody the guy any clue. who Not everyone thought it was Ryan Gersandi. <laughs> Uh, Kirk Ferentz shocked the room today when he said, oh, that's a mistake. It's uh, Colin Rastetter. So I guess Bruce wrote a check, and uh, now we got the the depth chart at punter figured out. So I'm not excited for that because I think very much like the Northwestern game, which was built on that horrible combination of special teams, that's how they lost that game, Uh, not having – the punting game figured out can be horrible. Somebody needs to write a book about how much money it costs to win a punting job at a Division One university. 
Um, you wouldn't think it'd cost much. No, no. I was just reading an article it was in Sports Illustrated a week or two ago about this punting academy in Australia that's been producing, that's produced the last two, three of the last four Ray Guy Award winners, I think. Granted, two of the winners are the same person. But, uh, interesting read. Uh, I am least looking forward to, um, you know, j- just losing to a team we shouldn't lose to because that's going to happen. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be. Take your guess. If I had to guess, it, honestly, I think it's going to be Nebraska. Um, it's going to be the last game of the year. Nebraska will probably, I think one of you two might have said it or somebody else on the site said it somewhere where Nebraska will be fully clicking. Whatever clicking may look like for that Nebraska team, nobody knows, but they'll be clicking by the end of the year. They'll be angry. They probably won't have any good wins under their belt. And um, Scott Frost could uh, erase a lot of bad memories uh, from the 2018 season with a win over Iowa. And uh, I just really don't feel good about that. It's really dumb to be prognosticating a situation like this. Uh, 13 weeks weeks ahead of schedule. But uh, I'm not looking forward to losing to a team we shouldn't lose to, and it's going to cost us. Uh, Bowl position, whatever. uh, Whatever you want to say. So I just thought about this, and I think this is really funny because Nebraska fans, they're, they're all like, oh, Iowa's not a rival. They don't have the history, whatever. But, man, if they had a really horrid season and they beat Iowa at the end and their fans were like, well, we beat Iowa, as long as we beat Iowa, it's good, man, would that be a real fun yeah, turn of events. that's exactly what I'm it's getting It's like at. the Iowa State yeah. thing. Like, you know, oh, well, we beat Super Iowa, Bowl. it's our Super Bowl. Yeah, yep, yep. It's justification for their being existence is to um, pretend like they don't care about what we think, but in reality, uh, you know, burn Iowa blankets for fuel in the, in the winter. Even for just a year? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, that gets me sort of onto our next next question I had for you guys was, uh, what are some bold predictions? What do you think? What are some spicy hot takes? I know Matt, you have, or Max, you have a itchy trigger finger. What What is, um, what is something you need to get off your chest that you think is going to happen or predict for this upcoming season? It doesn't necessarily have to be about Iowa. Could be about college football in general, but uh, yeah, it should probably be about Iowa. Um, is it a hot? T- well, okay. Here's my non-Iowa hot take: Is it a hot take to say that Alabama will not win the national title this season? I feel like that's always. I feel like that's always a hot take. This is Georgia's year, so uh, they're not. Uh, my hot take is actually going to be that a Pac-12 team will win the national title. Who you like for that, then? Washington. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. I'm just throwing it out there. It's going to be a Pac-12 team. Just letting everybody know in advance. That is that is a bold prediction. It's it's a stupid, misguided prediction with Chip no Kelly's thought put into it whatsoever. People forget that. People oh, do you're forget right. that. You're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So there's there's nothing to base that prediction off of. It's not even like me thinking. It's just something I something stupid I spewed out just now, um, given no. Uh, no forewarning that I would have to give a hot take. <laughs> I think my bold prediction is that Nate Stanley breaks the touchdown record this season. The season touchdown record. Okay. Uh, so would it's what, it, would 28? It, he needed two last year, right? I, yeah, it would be 28. 
Yeah, and he had 26. 28 would be the outright title or tie? It's the outright, yeah? Yeah, it'd be outright. Yeah, yeah both Brad Banks and Ricky. I guess Ricky Stanzi, Brad Banks, and Nate Stanley all have 26, and Chuck Long's at 27. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. I thought you were about to tell me that Stanzi had the record. I was like, that's not true. Don't No, no. no. Chuck Long. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I wasn't going to say this. But it's it was I was close to or I was thinking about it. One of my bold predictions for next year is I think Nate Stanley his stats suffer significantly. Well, but I, I don't know if that's a hot take. It's a take. It's a reverse Stanzi, if you will, uh, where his stats suffer, but the team does much better. Hmm. Oh, okay. That's, that's oh, a good take. okay. I like that. That's a see take. what I mean? I'll yeah, 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 one. yeah. Okay, because I I could see his like completion percentage going up a little bit like probably 58 59 percent yards come down a little bit but because they're running the ball more effectively they're able to to win more games that makes sense i like it there there's no way he throws six or fewer interceptions again is basically what i'm trying to get at i didn't hear any of those words but i will uh uh, hey you guys are cutting out hello yeah what was that ben uh, okay, I think we got this figured out. Uh, I there's no way he he throws six or fewer interceptions is what I'm getting. No, at. no. Uh, oh yeah, chance. no. Yeah, he's no. gonna throw more I, interceptions. Like, probably. I, I'm thinking double. I think he throws twelve. Like. Uh, uh I'll say I'll, I'll go with ten. Ten seems like a fair number. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean that that number. If there were if there there was anything that was an aberration in his stats last year, it was his interceptions. Um, but he did have a few fumbles to I guess make it a bit closer, but. No, what I was going to say is uh, my boldest prediction for Iowa this upcoming season is I think we beat Wisconsin. But similar to what I was saying earlier, I think we fiddle-fuck ourselves later in the season and lose to Northwestern and Nebraska to allow to open the door back up once again for Wisconsin or maybe even Northwestern to make it to Indy and give them the right to lose to Michigan State um in the that big, is a spicy take. To, uh, the big in the big 10 conference championship game i'm uh not looking um, forward to that but i think it's going to happen and if there is a gambler out there who would give me odds on that thing on that situation of happening i will i'll, I'll take it that is spicy on numerous levels yeah i don't like, like that at all ben <laughs> there, there, are, there are layers to that onion buddy. you think i like it you think no. i you think well, i just... you you like miring in uh self-doubt and pessimism so that, that i think a part makes, of you likes that but that take makes my taste look <laughs> mild oh man i you think i mean yeah i don't like it i have to sleep at night with this um <laughs> god imagine trying to reconcile with that um yeah oh buddy yeah well, at least you won't be caught off guard oh no i'm i'm so prepared <laughs> my mind is like a it's a doomsday bunker of just poor outcomes for iowa sports um, dear God, get to, go, you go. You need to see a therapist. Well, uh, I mean, what makes you think I don't? I mean, my chiropractor basically <laughs> he he does all that for me. Um, fair, fair <laughs> also, who also happens to be a hot guy, he's great. Love him. Shout out to Doctor Nate. I know you don't listen, but maybe you do. Uh, so I mean, there's that. Are we? This could be the very first time we've broken news on the podcast. I don't know if you guys got an email. Um, but I just got an email from the <laughs> Iowa Athletic Department with the with the with the subject Kinnick floods then drains following heavy rain in Iowa City. 
It is an email with about 50 words. It says, The University of Iowa Athletics Department is aware of the water that covered the playing surface of Kinnick Stadium due to significant weather. Not significant rain or downpour, just there's weather and it's significant. Uh, there's always weather. And um, the field is now drained. Steve Rowe was letting us all know that uh, they will continue to monitor the situation and information will be provided if available. So, boys. It doesn't seem like a problem. We got Turfgate on Tuesday night before the season opener. Conspiracy. The water disappeared. Who took they it? They did this <laughs> to hamper Sutton Smith. Yeah. Iowa football will what be a... playing in a swamp on Saturday to slow down a MAC defensive end. Wait, 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 wait. So. The field flooded, which is correct. Correct. And it's drained. And it's drained. And they thought that they would release a press release? My toilet was clogged. Then it is no longer. <laughs> then I unclogged it, <laughs> and I tweeted about it, and I have 500 fewer followers now. Uh, that's basically how what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, okay. All right, Steve. Whatever. If that's the worst thing, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen at Kinnick, um, Kinnick Stadium all all year long, you know, I think we'll I think we'll take that. Yeah, so be it. You're right about that. I'll take mm-hmm, that as mm-hmm. the worst thing. We do have some punter go for it, Ben. Uh, oh, I went yes. back through the Slack. I've got him here. Oh, okay. So Looking forward to this. I'm gonna build to what I think is probably the biggest one. We'll start with uh, newcomer Trez. T-Rez, Trez. T-Rez, T-Rez, yes. T-Rez, all right. Will Iowa have a kick return or punt return touchdown this year? Punt or go for it? Punt. Uh, what, which, what's, what, what's no again? Punt. Punt. You know, like where you like. <laughs> right, you know, you, where, you, like... where you surrender, yeah, punt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're both punting on that? I yeah. will go for it. Ooh, I think... Uh... Amir Smith-Marset is dynamic in a way that we haven't seen since DJK returning kicks. He would have had one last year, except it got called back um, because of a stupid block in the back penalty. Um, Who was that against? Against Nebraska, I believe. I don't. Uh, was that a punt or a kick? Mm. That was a punt. That was yeah. a kick. Oh, it was that a did kick? happen. Yeah, yeah. I have no recollection um, of so this. So I think. I do remember that. I, I think I like that very much, so so I'll go I'll go for that one. Yeah, I'm still gonna punt on it. I just I feel like you know they generally want to play it safe. You know he's the guy right now, and he's dy- he is dynamic. And if they give him the opportunities, it's very likely he could. But I feel like eventually they're gonna give the punt return, kick return duties to like Max Cooper or uh, that. What's the new guy? I can't remember his Gray name. Wade. Nobody seems to remember. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that's actually my reasoning too. Is I think Smith Marset will you know take uh, a lion's share of the kickoff duties. It's just a matter of him breaking one. But I think eventually he ends up taking very few punt. I think they end up letting either Max Cooper or Hank Marchese or Grony Wig or uh, or even Nick Easley eventually takes the punting punt returner role simply for sure handedness reasons. Um, Therefore, you know, limiting 50% of the opportunities to make this bet uh, winning wager. And I'm going to, like we said, 
punt on the whole proposition of Iowa getting to kick six. All righty then. The next one, uh, Jerry, if I'm reading this one correctly, 1,500 yards between the two dashes, which I assume is Ivory Kelly Martin and Amir Smith-Marset also. Is there another dash? No, I think that those are that, those are who he's referring to for sure. Um, I'll I'll punt on that one as well. Oh boy, Max. Oh, I'm going for it. I mean, well, so, all right, go ahead and you give me your rationale. I'll play devil's advocate. I think uh, Ivory Kelly Martin, you know, twelve to thirteen hundred yard rushing. <sighs> That's a lot, though. Um, that's a, that's a, yeah. Twelve twelve hundred rushing yard. Fine, whatever. I'm still holding to it. If he's our number one running back, and then uh, so what? Let's say it's twelve hundred rushing yards. Amir Smith Marset only needs three hundred or so receiving yards. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, man. And I mean, are oh, we yeah. are we taking into account receiving yards too from the running back from IKM? Oh yeah, yep. no, I like I like the twelve hundred total for Ivory Kelly Martin between All rushing right, so and. It's, Receiving. Pay me, pay me my money. Uh, you know, I think it's easy. Um, yeah, I think it happens. No, I don't. The more I think about it, the less I think it's going to happen. Um, I, I mean, Iowa has three running backs, and I think that honestly, they're one big or atop the depth chart. Like Ivory Kelly Martin's, <laughs> Ivory Kelly Martin's listed as the number one, and I think that. It's really just one big or, you know, all, uh, Sergeant, uh, Torrin Young, uh, Ivory. I feel like they're all going to get a pretty equal amount of uh, rushes. And I feel like he'll probably top out at like 750 yards-ish, especially if they, you know, you know keep that rotation going pretty, uh, you know, regularly throughout the season like that. And that would mean that, uh, that'd be a lot of receiving yards. I don't. When's the last time an Iowa receiver or an Iowa player had that many receiving yards in a season? Uh, Kevonte Martin Manley had like seven hundred a few seasons ago, right? I I, I would yeah, I'd guess that that would make sense. Uh, we can easily look this up. This sort of takes away could, from another hot take. I was going. I want to believe in. I really do, but I just don't think I can. Is we have two one thousand two one thousand yard rushers uh, this year. Yeah, I I wouldn't go for that one either. I don't know if I think it'd be a stretch to say that they have one. Yeah, I think like three eight hundred yard rushers would probably be an ideal situation. Yeah, barring no injuries. Sure. My caveat is I think we have one one thousand yard rusher. It's going to be either Ivory Kelly Martin or Torn Young. And I think they'll be around the eleven to twelve hundred yard range. And then I think between Makai Sargent and the third running back, whether it be Tornion or IKM, they those two combined for another a thousand. Uh, that's sort yeah. of where I am. That's where I am on the whole thing. I, I would go with that one if you said the one had a thousand and the other two had so, about five hundred. So my I take could, had an asterisk. Yeah, my take has an asterisk. My bold prediction has an asterisk. But an important one that I think uh, sounds like we agree on. Various forms, which is but yeah, rare. I think we all agree that we have three very capable running backs. Yeah, it's hard to argue. Yep. Um, the the third punter go for it also from T. Rez. A wide receiver gets over ten touchdowns. I can barely get through that without laughing. 
No. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm on CFP well, stats. A wide right receiver? Now. Yeah, uh, a wide receiver. I won't go with a wide receiver. If anybody's going to have t- 10 touchdowns on this team receiving, it's going to be no offense. Um, let's see here. Cavante Martin Manley had five touchdowns in 2013. McNutt had 12 in 2011. I think that's the last. DJK yeah. had 10 in 2010. Oh. McNutt had 8 in 09. And, uh, yeah, that's it. No. No chance. Yeah, no chance. I mean, it's not even... The, the odds would be... Uh, minus 10 billion in Las Vegas. Uh, this isn't. <laughs> it's just not. It simply won't happen. I, I could see Noah Fant getting 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I mean, his. I would take that bet. His over under is probably around 9.5. Yeah, I think it, it honestly might be more possible for, like, Hawkinson to get 10 than any of the that, receivers. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. That is spicy. I would agree with that one, too. I would No, I'd agree with that one wholeheartedly. No no hesitation. I'm thinking about because, it. Uh, you, continue. Keep speaking while I chew on it. Yeah, so here's my reasoning. is Iowa showed a dedication to the pass in the red zone really all last year. I think it was partly because they really didn't like wildly run in between the tackles. But... A couple of Hawkinson's touchdowns were the ones where he had to find space in the end zone. And I think he's probably that type of receiver more than any wide receiver. Um, Like, I don't think you see Brandon Smith get there quite yet. Um, Definitely not Smith-Marset isn't that type of guy. He's more the breakaway. Mm -hmm. He would need probably five or six spectacular touchdowns. And he had the two last year, and they were both kind of wow plays in a way. Um, yeah, Hawkinson only had three last year, and two came against Ohio State. Uh, so, he, I mean, he, he made the most of his moment in the sun. But, I don't know, nothing tells me that he sniffs more than five or six. Yeah, but, um, I, I mean, what wide receiver do you think is going to challenge him to get ten? Oh, nobody. There you go. So it's not that hot of a take that Hawkinson's more likely than a wide receiver, no? Uh, no. I'd say Nick Easley has a slightly. That's fair. Easily like had four that. last year, right? Nick Easley had four. Um, and he'll just get. I don't know. Easley's obviously a lot smaller and everything. I just think. Uh, Easley will have more opportunities. He'll have more catches. He'll have more yards. Um, yeah, there's no uh, no Vandenberg. Exactly. So that that's my reasoning. I think easily my takes would be for Fant to be over ten, easily and Hawkinson to each be around five or six, and then Smith and Smith Marset each have two to three to four apiece. Yeah, that's fine. I'll I'll accept it. Thank you. That is my submission. Um, do we have any more punter go for it? The last one we had, and it's not necessarily a punter go for it, but I guess it is, from Jordan Gerritsen, the second of two Jordans on our staff now. Kirk is on the hot seat by the end of the season. Punter go whoa, for it. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. What's the, what is the, I don't what remember is the actual thing the he wrote? What's the actual thing he wrote? I don't remember reading this. That's not what he wrote at all. Don't, don't do him dirty like that. He said, is there any way... 
Oh, if they win, is it even only possible six. for Kirk to be on the hot seat after becoming all times win leader? Oh, if they win only six or seven, um, that's his caveat. If they win only six or seven, okay. I made his take a little hotter than it actually was. <laughs> Apologies, Jordan. Hopefully, you don't hate me now. Um, it, I mean, yeah, his seat will be hot if they win six games. A lot depends no. on what happens. I mean, his job is safe. His job is safe. Yeah, that's that's the question though. Is you got to think about it. You got to say, would they ever fire the all-time wins leader? The only way he like ever. The only way Kirk Ferentz gets fired this year, outside of scandal, uh, is you know they have to win one or two games without anybody of note getting hurt the entire season. Just put out a shit sandwich for twelve games. Yeah, I think like that's the only way, and that's not that will never that, that happen. That can't happen. It just it just won't. yeah. <laughs> so ba- yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I definitely don't think it, but I do think that Brian Ferentz's seat would get hot if Ooh, I the, I would go with somebody. Yeah, and by not his seat, I feel like his seat when Kirk retires gets hot. Like I don't think his ability to get hired as a coach goes up with a bad season. You know, which makes sense. You know what I think is a, a more fun conversation to have, especially given the members of this conversation, is is Phil Parker an Iowa Hawkeye next year? Is he on the Iowa yes. staff? Of course. I don't know. I think if he could see the way no. he could see Brian Ferentz is becoming head coach in waiting, I don't necessarily think Phil Parker wants to be a head coach, but he could certainly go and be a head coach at – a power five program, in my opinion. How old is Phil Parker? He's getting up he's there. He's not that old. Really? He's mid fifties, maybe. Fifty five, fifty five. Yeah, I, I think two things to that. The one that I like comparing Phil Parker to at this point is the Virginia Tech defensive coordinator, Bud Davis, I think his name is. Anyways, oh, he was Frank Beamer's longtime defensive coordinator, and he stuck around even after they went outside the program and hired someone. So I think there's pro- the the most likely chance that Phil Parker isn't still the defensive coordinator for Iowa within the next three years is if somehow Brian Ferentz gets the job in a weird way. Actually, Wait, what do you my, mean? My... Because if if it would, if it feels like they're because my favorite take actually is my prognostication is that Iowa has like a good nine win season. Kirk retires Bob Stoops style, hands over the reins in like June to Brian. Now I couldn't see Phil Parker leaving that that season but i could see him leaving the season after that he turns out seth wallace becomes defensive coordinator i could see something like that happen within the next three years well yeah i was gonna say my take on it would be the only way that phil parker leaves iowa at all is he retires when kirk retires because what they've both been at iowa together since 1999 Without so, that's, without incentives, Phil Parker is due to make six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars next year. 
he could be making at the very least double that at just about any Power 5 program as a head coach. I just think I think he would have left by now. I just think well, yeah. he's got he's got his best friend at Kirk, head coach. Yeah. He knows he's going to get taken care of. And I'm not saying that I don't think Brian would take care of him or whoever else, but I think in the you have to be thinking any any man on earth has to be thinking in the back of his mind. I can go to a place, let's say, uh, what, what's an ACC job that might be available next year? Um, North you, Carolina. Uh, yeah, okay. like UNC let's, or yeah, UN, I, NC State, something let's like that. Let's say NC State, because UNC is a little more blue-bloody, just based off their basketball pedigree. Let's see NC State. Yeah. See NC State gives Phil Parker a phone call to feel him out a little bit. He can go down south and uh, just run a whole program in his entire image uh, and be paid more than twice what he's getting paid now, not have to answer to anyone, and uh, just really coach. I, I think he, and more than anything, he might want to, any man might want to, you know, prove that he can go and uh, lead a program. He's been, I mean, I can't say enough how much Phil Parker has meant to this program since I've been uh, an Iowa follower. I think he's really just fantastic, the best coach we've had um, as a other than Norm, obviously, um, as a position coach or coordinator. Uh, and I think, you know, he might have that uh, – he might want to scratch that itch, and I don't think we can fault him for it, and I think it's something that we shouldn't be surprised by if it does happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I think he had a chance to go to Toledo when they opened up when Matt Campbell 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 left. I think that's the closest he ever came to even trying to be a head coach. Well, and I, then he, the oh, go ahead. Well, I just and, and like just to to round that out, I think there aren't there isn't any school like Iowa in terms of their willingness to commit, their willingness to ride waves mm-hmm. up and down, their willingness yeah. just up like acceptance there, of mediocrity. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, all right, buddy. All right, yeah. But I mean, I, I think they're the ones with maybe the most realistic expectations, and so long as everything outside the margins works, like I think it's a good job for these guys, like. I'm not necessarily sure that Parker's concerned about money um, because you're right. He probably has had chances in the past to even go to bigger programs um, who might have a little bigger checkbook. Bigger than but Toledo? I think people like working at Iowa. Well, no, I mean, that would be a head a coaching job, stone. and that would probably be seven figures would be my guess. Oh, oh you were saying he has, he's had chances to be a defensive coordinator somewhere bigger. Yeah, especially like when he was just the D-backs coach. Yeah, he was the D-backs he's... coach for like what fifteen years? Not quite that, but like fourteen years. About maybe? T- yeah, I think it eleven was... or twelve sounds right. It was, he was D-backs coach for a long time, yeah. and you know, like he's like I think that even in and of itself really shows his loyalty to Ferentz. Like you don't really, I don't think you really keep assistants like that for very long unless they're really loyal to a coach. Like I just think that like it, there's I don't think there's absolutely any chance he goes anywhere, unless Kirk retires and he retires. Well, that's an interesting thing I, think, I never even thought of. Uh, the only I'd only entertain the idea loosely of him leaving to take a head coaching position, but what if another what if a blue blood pow, another Power Five program needs a defensive coordinator? What if Oklahoma State no. comes calling? What if Washington Washington State Oregon somebody who no. needs a defense? Uh, I don't know. I think. 
um, especially if Kirk Ferentz is going to leave the program. Um, try and be, suddenly answer to someone twenty years your uh, uh, your youth. I don't. I don't think it's out of the question for for him to leave. No. It's not out of the question, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Okay, okay. I mean, neither do I. But it's, I, it's I, a good I, thing to think about. I don't want him to. I don't want him to. It's a, it's, it's a take. It's certainly a take. We, t- <laughs> we discussed this take for like eight minutes. <laughs> all right, fine. What do you want to talk about now? I don't so know. So that was all of the punter go-for-its that I had found. Uh, did either of you guys have one? Uh, no. I think that was a, I think my Phil Parker take was punter go-for-it. Then I punt that. Yeah, I, I just uh, punted it right. Yeah, in I my, will kneel. Right out, I will face. just kneel out the clock. Um. So, so you think we look ahead to Northern Illinois? Uh, we talked about Smith. Sutton yeah, Smith. Sutton Smith. Sutton Smith. I was about Sutton to say Smith, we already Smith. said Sutton Smith twice. I don't know what else. Um. um they 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 have not a good offense. I don't know any player on their team besides Sutton Smith, and isn't their other defensive end really good too? He's all right. He's not bad. Yes. In the preview I wrote a few weeks ago, really the offense didn't scare me at all. But now that I think about it a little bit more, I'm a little concerned potentially with the shiftiness of their quarterback that they'll have. Um, Just because it is a new linebacking core, we're going to have to figure something out. Does... Uh, Parker employs something a little unique, like a QB spy. Maybe that's what he does with uh, uh, either Jones or Welch. Um, so I'll be curious to see how the defensive game plan comes. I don't think we get a ton of sacks just because they want to contain. So I, I, I think that'll be interesting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out, though. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. I completely agree. I'm going to have absolutely zero fun watching this game. Uh, football will be back, and I'll be happy that football's back, but I'm not going to have fun watching this game. I don't know. Something tells me Iowa just goes out guns blazing, and we score, we get off to like a 14 or 21 nothing lead, and then just let NIU crawl, crawl back, and then that's where the fun stops, I guess. Um just, so it won't be fun, is what you're saying. There will be some fun. You you are totally dismissing the the notion of fun. <laughs> I am acknowledging that there will be fun. Uh, however, uh, it won't. It'll be short lived, I believe. I I don't dislike that because, or I don't disagree with it. I agree with it because um, what's funny is I. If I was able to get out to a huge lead like you prognosticate, they should give the whole fan base a giant assist to Mark Emmert for calling Sutton Smith up and getting those quotes out of him. Like that was those were some fire quotes. Like fire quotes. You know they are up in everyone's locker. They've done it before. They've printed out tweets and put them in people's lockers. So those quotes are up there. And the players definitely know about them. So I expect I expect uh, them to be ready on offense. Can we remember, if Iowa wins, can we remember to give MVP honors to Mark Emmert? He it depends the game on ball. how they win. 
Kirk Butter goes up there and give him the game ball. Kirk Ferentz giving the game ball to an Iowa football reporter. Oh, man. I, I, I never thought I'd see the day. God. Ugh. Do we want to do uh, score predictions and wrap this up then? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say 21-17, Iowa. That doesn't sound fun at all. The 21 was fun. 21 was great. What, what, <laughs> did you not hear? The 21 nothing <laughs> sounds great. And then 17 unanswered for NIU in the second half is just uh, gut-wrenching. Uh, yeah. Sorry, My score guys... prediction that that I put into the the document is twenty to thirteen in overtime. I, I think that the new North fun. End Zone. Oh man, is overtime against a Mac opponent in the season opener. Yeah, exactly. I I think this is the type of team I, Iowa struggles with. I think they're going to make it difficult on defense uh i think iowa does score some early points because the plays are scripted well but i i, I predict something ugly um but i i, I think that north end zone is going to come in handy um you said 20 to 13 yes sir um i'm a little bit for i for somebody who doesn't expect to have any fun watching this game um I'm a little bit more optimistic than you guys. I'll go with uh, 24 to 7. All right, allowing seven points to anybody. I'll take that all day. Phil Parker, your next head coach at North Carolina State. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, baby. Um, So Max has an Iowa covering, too. That's a miracle. I absolutely, Iowa will absolutely not cover that game. The spread is, I believe, uh, ten and a half. Last I looked, and I, oh man, I don't like Iowa double digits against anybody in the country, especially in the first game of this season. I'll. Uh, I don't think that and you can score enough to do anything, um, but I think that Iowa will pull away late. They'll get a, they'll get like a late couple touchdowns from the tight ends. All right. You heard That's it here first. Thought. From the horse's mouth to the calves ears. I think that's the expression. I'm not sure. Um, you wouldn't remember. You've forgotten everything. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, I think that's it. You guys have anything else? Go Hawks. Yeah, go Hawks as always. I'm Ben Ross uh, for Max Brecky and Harrison Starr. This was the Pants Party, as we mentioned at the top of the hour, if you were paying attention. And uh, go Hawks! Fuck State. Yeah. <laughs>